0: Part two of chapter eighty three of the adventures of peregrine pickle, volume two by Tobias Smollett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geithen. Chapter eighty three, part two. The coast being clear, Peregrine came forth from his den and congratulated his friend upon the peaceful issue of the adventure which he had overheard but that he might not be exposed to such inconvenience for the future they resolved that a grate should be fixed in the middle of the outward door through which the conjurer himself might reconnoitre all the visitants before their admission so that to those whose appearance he might not like hadji should without opening give notice that his master was engaged by this expedient too they provided against those difficulties which kadwaleda must have encountered in giving satisfaction to strangers whom he did not know for the original intention of the founders was to confine the practice of their art to people of fashion only most of whom were personally known to the counterfeit magician and his coadjutors indeed these associates cadwallader in particular notwithstanding his boasted insight into the characters of life never imagined that his pretended skill would be consulted by any but the weaker-minded of the female sex incited by that spirit of curiosity which he knew was implanted in their nature but in the course of his practice he found himself cultivated in his preternatural capacity by people of all sexes complexions and degrees of reputation and had occasion to observe that when the passions are concerned however cool cautious and deliberate the disposition may otherwise be there is nothing so idle frivolous or absurd to which they will not apply for encouragement and gratification the last occurrence according to the hopes and expectation of the confederates was whispered about by the ladies concerned in such a manner that the whole affair was in a few days the universal topic of discourse in which it was retailed with numberless embellishments invented by the parties themselves who had long indulged a pique at each other and took this opportunity of enjoying their revenge these incidents while they regaled the spleen at the same time augmented the renown of the conjurer who was described on both sides as a very extraordinary person in his way and the alteration in his door was no sooner performed than he had occasion to avail himself of it against the intrusion of a great many with whom he would have found it very difficult to support the fame he had acquired among those who appeared at his grate he perceived a certain clergyman he had long known an humble attendant on the great and with some the reputed minister of their pleasures this levite had disguised himself in a greatcoat boots and dress quite foreign to the habit worn by those of his function and being admitted attempted to impose himself as a country squire upon the conjurer who calling him by his name desired him to sit down this reception corresponding with the report he had heard touching our magician's art the doctor said he would lay aside all dissimulation after having professed an implicit belief that his supernatural knowledge did not proceed from any communication with evil spirits but was the immediate gift of heaven he declared the intention of his coming was to inquire into the health of a good friend and brother of his who possessed a certain living in the country which he named and as he was old and infirm to know what space of time was allotted to him in this frail state of mortality that he might have the melancholy satisfaction of attending him in his last moments and assisting him in his preparations for eternity the conjurer who at once perceived the purport of this question after a solemn pause during which he seemed absorbed in contemplation delivered this response to his consulter though i foresee some occurrences i do not pretend to be omniscient i know not to what age that clergyman's life will extend but so far i can penetrate into the womb of time as to discern that the incumbent will survive his intended successor this dreadful sentence in a moment banished the blood from the face of the appalled consulter who hearing his own doom pronounced began to tremble in every joint he lifted up his eyes in the agony of fear and saying the will of god be done withdrew in silent despondence his teeth chattering with terror and dismay this client was succeeded by an old man about the age of seventy-five who being resolved to purchase a lease desired to be determined in the term of years by the necromancer's advice observing that as he had no children of his own body and had no regard for his heirs-at-law the purchase would be made with a view to his own convenience only and therefore considering his age he himself hesitated in the period of the lease between thirty and threescore years the conjurer, upon due deliberation advised him to double the last specified term because he distinguished in his features something portending extreme old age and second childhood and he ought to provide for that stage of incapacity which otherwise would be attended with infinite misery and affliction the superannuated wretch thunderstruck with this prediction held up his hands and in the first transports of his apprehension exclaimed lord have mercy upon me i have not wherewithal to purchase such a long lease i have long outlived all my friends what then must become of me sinner that i am one hundred and twenty years hence cadwallader who enjoyed his terror under pretence of alleviating his concern told him that what he had prognosticated did not deprive him of the means which he and every person had in their power to curtail a life of misfortune and the old gentleman went away seemingly comforted with the assurance that it would always be in his power to employ an halter for his own deliverance soon after the retreat of this elder the magician was visited by one of those worthies known among the romans by the appellation of heredipetes who had amassed a large fortune by a close attention to the immediate wants and weakness of raw unexperienced heirs this honourable usurer had sold an annuity upon the life of a young spendthrift being thereto induced by the affirmation of his physician who had assured him his patient's constitution was so rotten that he could not live one year to an end he had nevertheless made shift to weather eighteen months and now seemed more vigorous and healthy than he had ever been known for he was supposed to have nourished an hereditary pox from his cradle alarmed at this alteration the feller came to consult cadwallader not only about the life of the annuitant but also concerning the state of his health at the time of his purchasing the annuity purposing to sue the physician for false intelligence should the conjurer declare that the young man was sound when the doctor pronounced him diseased but this was a piece of satisfaction he did not obtain from the misanthrope who in order to punish his sordid disposition gave him to understand that the physician had told him the truth and nothing but the truth and that the young gentleman was in a fair way of attaining a comfortable old age. That is to say, cried the client, in the impatience of his mortification at this answer, mating accidents. For well, thank God the annuitant does not lead the most regular life. Besides, I am credibly informed he is choleric and rash, so that he may be concerned in a duel then there are such things as riots in the street in which a rake's skull may be casually cracked he may be overturned in a coach overset in the river thrown from a vicious horse overtaken with a cold endangered by a surfeit. but what i place my chief confidence in is an hearty pox a distemper which hath been fatal to his whole family. <laughs> Not but that the issue of all these things is uncertain. An expedient might be found which would more effectually answer the purpose. I know they have arts in India by which a man can secure his own interest in the salutation of a friendly shake by the hand and i don't doubt that you who have lived in that country are master of the secret to be sure if you was inclined to communicate such a nostrum there are abundance of people who would purchase it at a very high price cadwallader understood this insinuation and was tempted to amuse him in such a manner as would tend to his disgrace and confusion but considering that the case was of too criminal a nature to be tampered with he withstood his desire of punishing this rapacious cormorant any other way than by telling him he would not impart the secret for his whole fortune ten times doubled so that the usurer retired very much dissatisfied with the issue of his consultation the next person who presented himself at this altar of intelligence was an author who recommended himself to a gratis advice by observing that a prophet and poet were known by the same appellation among the ancients and that at this day both the one and the other spoke by inspiration the conjurer refused to own this affinity which he said formerly subsisted because both species of the vates were the children of fiction but as he himself did not fall under that predicament he begged leave to disown all connection with the family of the poets and the poor author would have been dismissed without his errand though he offered to leave an ode as security for the magician's fee to be paid from the profits of his first third night had not cadwallader's curiosity prompted him to know the subject of this gentleman's inquiry he therefore told him that in consideration of his genius he would for once satisfy him without a fee and desired him to specify the doubts in which he wished to be resolved the son of parnassus glad of this condescension for which he thanked the necromancer gave him to understand that he had some time before presented a play in manuscript to a certain great man at the head of taste who had not only read and approved the performance but also undertaken to introduce and support it on the stage that he the author was assured by this patron that the play was already in consequence of his recommendation accepted by one of the managers who had faithfully promised to bring it to light but that when he waited on this same manager to know when he intended to put his production in rehearsal the man declared he had never seen or heard of the piece now mr conjurer said he i want to know whether or not my play has been presented and if i have any sort of chance of seeing it acted this winter cadwallader who had in his younger days sported among the theatrical muses began to lose his temper at this question which recalled the remembrance of his own disappointments and dispatched the author with an abrupt answer importing that the affairs of the stage were altogether without the sphere of his divination being entirely regulated by the daemons of dissimulation ignorance and caprice it would be an endless task to recount every individual response which our magician delivered in the course of his conjuration He was consulted in all cases of law physic and trade over and above the ordinary subjects of marriage and fornication his advice and assistance were solicited by sharpers who desired to possess an infallible method of cheating unperceived by fortune-hunters who wanted to make prize of widows and heiresses by debauchees who were disposed to lie with other men's wives by coxcombs who longed for the death of their fathers by wenches with child who wished themselves rid of their burthens by merchants who had insured above value and thirsted after the news of a wreck by underwriters who prayed for the gift of prescience that they might venture money upon such ships only as should perform the voyage in safety by jews who wanted to foresee the fluctuations of stock by usurers who advance money upon undecided causes by clients who were dubious of the honesty of their counsel in short all matters of uncertain issue were appealed to this tribunal and in point of calculation de moivre was utterly neglected End of chapter eighty three